in the life and the ministry of the Van Horns, and we're excited for that. Amen. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. It is good to be saved, isn't it? Yes. Amen. I, I am so grateful. Paul and I were uh, talking just a little bit ago, and uh, probably over 20 years, um, Brother O'Donnell, because uh, we were in the senior center. Yes. We've been in ministry with Rock of Ages for 21 and a half years, and now uh, this February, I guess it was 99 when we surrendered, so this February will mark uh, 24 years since we've been in the ministry, and I, I know I don't look like I'm uh, 61 years old because I'm only 60, but I'll be 61 in September, or in the, the 19th of this month. Uh, but boy, God's been good. And, and you know, the beautiful part about uh, the way the Lord orchestrated ministry is everything that the Lord's allowed us to do, you folks have had part in it. Um, not only here, but in glory. It's, it's like we'll all get together, every single soul that the Lord's allowed us uh, to take part in winning to Him, every single person, everything that the Lord's allowed us and our ministry to accomplish, we'll all get to cast crowns at the feet of Jesus for a long time. And we only got all eternity to do it, so amen. Uh, it, it's just going to be fantastic. So I'm always, I'm always grateful for the church, always grateful uh, for the privilege to come. Um, I'm grateful that anybody will let me preach, amen. Uh, so that's a blessing. But it, it's exciting to have going to Fairlawn, right? Um, I was, we lived in Copley. I guess it was the corner of Route 18 and Cleveland Maslin Road, right in that little area. Uh, we spent, oh, when I was five or six years old, we spent four or five years, three or four years, somewhere around that area in top of the General Telephone Company building. So uh, the Tasty Freeze, my mind's kind of going back yonder, a little Tasty Freeze down there, nothing but, I'm talking fields. And now you wouldn't know it, it's a concrete jungle over there, amen. It's just, it's everything. But how exciting is that, that a church plants another church? Amen. Is that not what we're supposed to do? Reproduce? He said, Go ye therefore into all the world. Amen. Teach them, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son, the Holy Ghost. And, and you know, Fairlawn's just as big a part of the world as Africa. So I'm glad that the church can reproduce itself like that and uh, spread out. And I'm sure some of the church members will go and help him. And just what a great blessing that is. It thrills my heart uh, uh, to see that. Well, the Lord has blessed our ministry. I have my beautiful bride with me back there. Amen. Wave her a little hand back there, amen. It'll be 40 years this coming April, amen. And uh, Brother Kevin, always my friend, he always talks about my truck, asks how many miles is on it, and somehow or another, of course, my truck now has 702,000 miles. I named it the old girl, but he always asks how my wife's doing, and he refers to her as the old girl, too, so uh, I don't know. <laughs> So it's all okay. It's all fun. We have a blast with it. So he does ask me, he says, how's the old girls doing? I said, my truck's fine and my wife's doing incredible as well. But uh, I praise the Lord. For, uh, isn't it good to be able to laugh? Come on. Amen. So I thank the Lord. I'm glad. He, is he in the room? Is he here somewhere? I don't even. Oh, he's up there. Hey, brother. <laughs> he's like, cut it, cut it, cut it. <laughs> uh, I love you, Brother Cavanaugh. But I, I'm glad that we can just enjoy ourselves in ministry. And enjoy ourselves. I love to laugh anyhow, so I, I praise the Lord for that. But God has blessed uh, our new ministry in an in a absolutely far beyond my wildest imagination. Uh, but I guess when he sets you forward using scripture and he orders his steps, ordered my steps in his word, and I just said yes, how could he do anything but make it successful? So I praise the Lord for it. Just returned back uh, Monday, a uh, week ago, uh, from uh, Ivory Coast. Does the church support Brother Bob Mack? Okay, Brother Bob's been in Ivory Coast for years, 20-some years. He came out of Cleveland Baptist Church. We've supported him down at, 
in Loundville when I was in church there in Mansfield as well. So it was a blessing to, to see his work over there. Just thriving uh, a national pastor, getting ready to take it over. He has a big college institute now. He's getting ready to, to finish off, and he'll be teaching and training uh, those men. So uh, we'll have a part in helping uh, with that as well. But in Ivory Coast, we now have a, come January, we'll have a partner sent out from Liberia, which is Brother George Minion, our main partner in that West Africa region. Uh, he trains people there at the Grandview Baptist Church and Bible College and sends them out to different areas, different um, surrounding countries. And the Lord's allowing us to be a part of helping those churches get planted. Amen. Uh, last year, we were able to buy, uh, help purchase two pieces of property and also provide the funds to put up what we call a thatch building, a temporary building, if you will. But the, the church building that Brother George has been in has been there for about 10 years now, so it's a very strong building. Of course, Brother George is outgrowing it, and we're working on helping him with his college and dorms. But we were able to help two different churches, uh, one in, in uh, both of them actually there in Liberia in different parts of the nation. Uh, and so far, we've got the majority of the funds raised for another church building and property in Sierra Leone. I had a pastor contact me just on the way up here, and I really believe he's going to finish off the last $6,000 to finish that project. So God's been good. We right now have our second container for the year uh, on the water headed to Ghana, Africa. Um, the first one went to Liberia, had French, uh, uh, French Bibles and tracts as well as English. The French will go on up into Ivory Coast. Uh, where we will be getting a, a new church plant, Lord willing, in January and helping Brother uh, Albert with that church plant. Uh, so we do have French material on hand for uh, that particular project as well. So uh, just please keep us in prayer. Uh, we, have, we do have a lot going on. We have uh, many different projects in place. We currently are, are helping or a part of over 100 different men and ministries together combined. Amen. So your mission board's increased by at least 100 by the Lord allowing us to have our partnership uh, ministry. Amen. So we're, we're thankful for it. Uh, well, tonight, uh, I'd like to give you some thoughts. If you take your Bible, turn to Proverbs chapter number 4. Um, Proverbs chapter number 4. Um, I live in the book of Proverbs and Psalms. Uh, and I know I've preached here uh, many different occasions and probably have mentioned and encouraged folks to read a chapter of Proverbs every day. Uh, and I hope you're doing that. If you're not, if you're a young person, you need to be. If you're an older person, you should be, amen, um, because it's just an incredible book. It's the book of wisdom. God's given uh, us this book written by the wisest man in the world, according to 1 Kings chapter 3, King Solomon. And, and he's given us this day-to-day -day wisdom and day-to-day -day knowledge in this particular chapter or book in the Bible for us to glean from. And then, of course, I'll, I'll read in the, uh, my five chapters of Psalms. It's like my daily dose. It's my, my vitamin pack, if you will. Uh, so I'll read my five chapters of Psalms, and then I'll, I'll get over into a different topic. I often study topics or, or different... Uh, I, I use word searches quite often and, and look for words or particular phrases that jump out, um, jump out at me from the, the pages of the Word of God. And I, I, I just love to... Study in that fashion. The Bible says, study to show thyself approved. A workman needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Amen. And, and I think we all need to find a way to study. Um, sometimes just reading our little, our, our check off the box list uh, does okay because the, the water coming in, the, the, the word coming in is always going to accomplish something that it's set forth to do, God says. But I believe if we can 
find just an avenue of study, a way to take the scriptures in a way where, where you look forward to finding something. Uh, if you will, I kind of call them the golden nuggets in the divine library. Uh, there are so many treasures inside this book that it's just incredible. And, and they're, they're new every morning. Uh, well, when I look at Proverbs chapter number four, um, boy, the Lord just really spoke to my heart. I'd like you to stand with me tonight and honor reading God's word. I'll just read that one verse and, and kind of a, a topical message a little more uh, this evening. Uh, but yet I still think it's going to be a blessing to you. Amen. Proverbs chapter number four and verse number seven, <clears throat> the Bible says this. Uh, he taught, that's not the right chapter. Proverbs chapter number three. Proverbs chapter number 3 and verse 7. And that's not the right one either. Uh, okay, somebody help me. Let me just... Oh, yeah, it is. It is. It's Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 7. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. Father in heaven, I thank you this evening that um, you've given us the word of God. Thank you for this church that has... Come up alongside of the Van Horn family, Lord. Uh, nobody special. We're just a couple of people that you called out, you sent. And Father, I'm thankful for it. But Lord, we could not have accomplished anything for you uh, if we didn't have a team, if we didn't have people that would come alongside and help us. So Lord, again, I'm thankful for Community Baptist Temple and their love and concern for our ministry. Now as we open up your word tonight for just a little Bible study, just something I hope will be a blessing uh, to the church folks, uh, that you'd please just take, take complete control of my mind and my thoughts, Lord, and allow us to be a blessing this evening. And we'll thank you again in Christ's name. Amen and amen. Now off, you may be seated. Um, I, of course you folks know that us preachers can tell you how many times particular words are in the Bible. And and how many phrases are used in certain places. And some of you may think, how in the world do they know that? Well, I didn't go through the Bible and count every particular time. I'm sure you're aware that there's Bible programs where you can just type in a word or type in a phrase, and it'll tell you. And I'm thankful for those tools. Charles Spurgeon didn't have those tools. Uh, and, and he didn't, of course, he didn't have a cell phone either that dominates about four or five hours of a man's life, amen, every day. He didn't have all those distractions. He had a lot more time to study and prepare. Uh, that was a different era. But he didn't have those study tools that we have in our hands. Boy, if there's any, there's really no excuse not to look for a way to study our Bibles today. <laughs> if we really believe this is God's word and it holds and contains all the wisdom and knowledge we need to have a successful, prosperous, joyful life, then let's go gold digging, amen? Let's go looking for those golden nuggets. Well, the word thing is what jumped out to me early this morning. I love writing my devotions. I send out little devotions on my uh, I got a MailChimp thing. We have several hundred people that'll open them up and read them. Uh, we have prayer cards down on the information table if you'd like to get them. And you can sign up and, and receive those little devotions, 350, 400 words. Uh, that little computer thing says you can read it in about a minute and a half. So anywhere between one to three minutes, you could probably read uh, these devotions. But this morning, as I, was my, as I was reading, that word thing jumped out at me. Thing. Well, that word thing is used 549 different times in scriptures. Now, don't worry, I'm not going to go to each verse and, and preach out of 549 passages. But there's some different titles that I found that are attached with that word thing. And one is moving things. 
There's also creeping things. Anybody ever have them things? I remember I went to a Zambia one time with Brother David Barnhouse, the very first time. And, and I don't know if you know Brother David Barnhouse. He's working in Zambia. And I just met him in the airport. Actually, I was going with a Rock of Ages missionary, Brother uh, Jim Jeremiah's. And I met him in the airport and we began to talk. And he said, do you know how to build? I said, well, yeah, I used to be a construction in the construction business, he said, wow, he said, do you know how to read blueprints? I said, well, yeah, I can do that. And he's like all amazed, and he says, well, I got this big project for you. So uh, we were able to help him build the, the uh, trust system for his house and, and get it all set and actually build a second trust system in the two weeks we were there uh, for the other missionary's house and had them ready to go as well. But I'll never forget, I, I guess we just connected, uh, and he knew I, I don't know, maybe knew I was a little bit crazy, something like that, I guess. Uh, but we're in the dorm little areas, everybody's sleeping on the floor, all our stuff is packed over here where we're staying through the week, and somebody yells, there's a snake in the room! Okay, so now you can, and this is cobra country. So Dave Barnhouse says, everybody stay where you are. Van Horn, get up and find the snake. I said, okay. So I had to go looking for the crazy snake, amen. I get picked for all the good stuff, but creeping things can be pretty creepy, can't they? Amen. I do not like snakes. The only good snake is a dead snake, and I don't care if it's not a poisonous snake like a gardener snake. It needs to be dead. <laughs> Anyhow, I found in my Bible that there's bitter things. There's sweet things. I found that there's pleasant things. Of course, I found in the book of Proverbs that there's a good thing. Amen? Amen? My Bible says, Whoso findeth a wife, findeth a good thing, and obtaineth favor with the Lord. When Paula married me, she was complete. When I married her, I was finished. <laughs> and I thank the Lord for my wife. I found me a good thing. She has completed, uh, completed me. I've completed her. We're, we're, we ab we're able to work together. And I'm thankful that the Lord's given me my blessed wife. There's an anything. I like Genesis 18, 14. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Is your problem too hard for the Lord? Can I ask you that tonight? Is the situation in America too hard for the Lord? Uh, is the, the economy too hard for the Lord to deal with? Can I give us all just a little hint? It's not in my notes tonight. Uh, if we could ever, ever get comfortable with the fear of the Lord, which simply is dwelling in His presence at all time, understanding that you cannot be where God isn't, even if you're in the middle of the ocean and there's, or the middle of the, uh, of the Sea of Galilee and the waves are crashing all over the place and here comes Jesus walking along just to say, hey boys, you can't get where I can't be. <laughs> He's everywhere. And when we can come up with that theology in our mind and understand that God is in the midst of every single situation in our life and He has it under control, uh, life would be a whole lot easier to understand. And honestly, Brother Dean, I also believe that not only is He in every situation involved in our life, but He's also got us in a place where a sinner needs to hear about the Savior. And if we go looking for golden nuggets, I love the jar that we're, that we're praying for lost sinners. And I wonder how many was able to contribute to this list. If everybody witnessed to somebody next week, you could have this thing piled up this big. Because I guarantee you there's a lot of lost sinners. I talked to uh, a Gabriel at the gas station, um, uh, let's see, Friday morning. 
And Gabriel needs to go in that thing. I don't know his last name, but Gabriel's as lost as a ball in high weeds. We had a wonderful talk, an enjoyable talk, and, and it was very interesting. I said, look, or look uh, Gabriel, I, I, I understand you don't believe in God. That's okay, man. We can just still talk and have a good time. And he says, well, that's weird. Usually when I tell people that I don't believe in God, they get all mad at me and start preaching hard at me. I said, that's not me. I just want to tell you about the Lord, man, because I want you to be there. I say eternity is a long time to be wrong. And it was interesting. I got my stuff and walked up behind him. I'd already given the guy behind the counter a track. I walked up kind of over here to get in line. And here he is talking about me to the guy behind the counter. I said, boy, it sure was pleasant to talk to that fellow. It's just really nice that there's nice people out there. And I said, well, I think the same of you, Gabriel. I know I'm calling him Caleb. Gabriel. Uh, but we need to add Gabriel to the to the to the pile. And if you find a Gabriel, you can add it to the pile. And if we continue to find Gabriels and people that need Christ, boy, oh boy, oh boy, we'll just fill this place way up. Amen. Then you can go find, you may have to buy that place where they keep the, the, uh, uh, that, that big blimp thing down there and put seats in it. Why not? You could, you could build a church. If you can build a church out of this place, you can build a church out of that. Amen. Is anything too hard for God? It isn't. And now, I will say this, please don't be results-oriented or you'll get discouraged in a hurry. My job was to present the gospel to Gabriel. I got him on my list on my phone that's pray for the lost. He's on my list there. Uh, but it's up to Gabriel. It's not up to me. I did my job. The Holy Ghost did his, right? He always does. And now it's up to Gabriel because God's given every single person a choice. And then there's this principle thing, and I'm trying to hurry, but you've got it. It is so easy to preach here, Brother Mark. I'm, my soul. A principle thing. The word principle carries the meaning of being the most important. The most important. That's what the word principle means. And here uh, in our text verse is the only place in the divine library uh, of wisdom and knowledge where the phrase principle thing is used. You want to have some fun with your Bible? Get phrases and do word searches in your sword, micro, or in your, uh, uh, sword searcher and just look up phrases and see how many times they're used and how they're used. I mean, you, that preachers, you can preach for, for days on, on phrases. It's, it's a blast. I love doing it that way. Um, so really, according to Scripture, the most important thing that anyone could possess, although my wife is wonderful, I'm glad we're together. But above even that, the most important thing that I, as a human being, can possess is wisdom. I didn't write it. I just get the privilege of preaching it. Uh, wisdom is correctly using knowledge. It's correctly using knowledge. And boy, we got at our fingertips all the knowledge of the world. Uh, I... Now, I've had that old truck of mine since 2006. I bought it with 66,000 miles on it, and I can promise you um, uh, it's had its little troubles and trials. I say it's had two heart transplants, two engines, <laughs> one transmission. We replaced her lungs, too, and a few cancer treatments, uh, Brother Browning. We had to put rocker panels on it. Uh, and I had to work on the thing. And when that little engine light pop how many know what the engine light don't they just drive you crazy now in tennessee we used to have to get that engine light shut off before we could get a um a license plate renewed i don't know whether that's here uh but that was back there so if that engine light would come on and tag time was coming around 
I had to get that engine light off. So you know what I'd do? I'd go to the auto store, AutoZone. I'd get the number, whatever the code is, and then I'd YouTube the problem. And then I'd fix it. Usually a simple fix. And, and then if you can't figure out where the bolts are uh, that will take the whatever it is off, you just YouTube that and watch the guy. He'll, I don't really know what kind of kick they get out of videoing step-by-step step this process. I, but they do, and it's great because then I know how to fix my car. Wisdom is correctly using knowledge. Well, wisdom says to use your computer skills that you've learned to enhance your life with information that will provide prosperity and a better quality of life. How many do, does online banking? Man, I mean, it saves time. And, and emails, you get this all this information, and, and, and boy... To be able, what amazes me is I can get on this crazy phone of mine and, and literally talk to somebody in Liberia face to face. I mean, it just blows my mind, all the information that's on here. But a lack of wisdom screams out to use your skills, the skills to hack and steal and feed lust and engage in lascivious activities to satisfy a destructive, self-serving, addictive life, which will ultimately lead to disaster and a lonely end. But, and I will repeat, in order to have a prosperous, joyful, God-honoring life, we must, we must have wisdom and use the knowledge that God's given us correctly. Wisdom is used 222 times in 234 different verses. The first time we see wisdom, I thought this was rather interesting this morning as I was studying. God is explaining to Moses uh, that, he, that the conducting of ministry will be accomplished by the God-given spirit of wisdom. Boy, there's something to ask for. God, give me the spirit of wisdom. You know what that is? That's searching for God's way to do it, whatever it is. God's way to love your wives, even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. God's way of, of, of uh, using your time and your talents. God's, God's way of, uh, of, of ministry. What could you do? Ministry doesn't have to be a full-time position. Is that not right, Brother Caleb? I have your own job doing work, but yet still you're the one that come rushing up to me and gave me a microphone and said it's on. All you got to do is get up there and preach. I have had problems with that before. They catch you singing with the microphone on, and that's not a good thing for me. <clears throat> Beautiful singing tonight, by the way, preacher. It always aggravates me that he can preach and sing. But anyhow, I'm just kidding. Y'all are blessed with a wonderful preacher. But God's explaining to Moses how to conduct ministry with the spirit of wisdom. Let me read you Exodus 28, 3. And thou shalt speak unto all that are wise-hearted, whom I have filled with the spirit of wisdom, that they may make Aaron's garments to consecrate him, that he may minister unto me. That's what God said. We're ministering unto God. Hallelujah. Y'all realize that? He's given us the privilege of, of this, man, these crazy brains and bodies of ours. And he says, now minister to me with what I've given you. Broken bodies, broken hearts, broken lives. He says, it's okay. Don't worry. I'm right in the middle of it. I'm right here in your presence, within, with, right here, wherever you're broken. And I got a plan for you. I will use you. Even if you just got not only a bowl, but maybe the names in the bowl to pray for. Who can tell? 
um, the source of all wisdom, let me give you this. Uh, first of all, uh, back up just a minute. There's uh, people are God called. Uh, now, first of all, uh, God calls you to himself. I believe he always calls preachers and, and calls individuals to himself. And he lets you know how much he loves you. And he lets you know that he has a place for you to serve, whether it's full-time or, or not full-time. But he does have a place. He has something for you to do. And then after he calls you to himself, he equips you. But then he sends you. And he'll send you somewhere, someplace. He always does that. That's his plan. But now I want to give you tonight the source of all wisdom. The source of all wisdom. Uh, and this is really, again if I may, the proper use of knowledge, but the source of all wisdom really is none other than the Lord God. And when I read this verse the other day, well, it was actually two days ago because it was Proverbs chapter number two. He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a, a buckler to them that walk uprightly. How many in the room tonight know, and don't be embarrassed if you don't, but who knows in this room tonight what a buckler is? Raise your hand way up high. Way up high. She knows, and she's probably only five. <laughs> who knows what a buckler is? Boy, listen, get in that Bible dictionary and find out what buckler is, because God just told us that he's a buckler for it. You know what a buckler is? A buckler is a shield that's strapped to the arm of a warrior to beat off those fiery darts that come flying. And here he says, that's me. <laughs> You just strap me on by prayer and Bible reading and trusting in me, and I, I'll knock them out of the way. I'm glad, Brother Mark or Brother O'Donnell, I'm glad I got the Holy Spirit of God that kind of clears a path for me and keeps a lot of those demons away from me. Of course, I'm attacked by them all the time. Anybody who's trying to do something for God is going to face uh, some adversity from the devil. He's going to try and stop us, try and sideline us, try and discourage us and hinder us from doing what God's called us to do continually. But God said, strap me on, boy, I'll take care of it for you. And I like that stuff. I love that stuff. I really do. Uh, but I want you to notice the choice to be righteous grants us 24 access to what I called this morning in my devotion, the bank of wisdom located on Knowledge Avenue in heaven. The bank of wisdom. Because the Bible says that he's the one that lays it all up. Laying it up means it's stored somewhere. It's stored. We lay up treasures. Amen. The Bible says don't lay them up down here. Uh, we have to be wise with our, our funds down here, but, but we lay them up in heaven. What do we do? We're, we're laying them up, up there to be used by, by the God of heaven. <sighs> and here he says, I, I lay up wisdom for the righteous. Man, that, when I saw that, I've, I've, I don't know, I'm just a simple man. I really, really am. But I understood a long time ago, and, and, and I even told the Lord when he first called me to preach, I had no Bible college. I, I just an, an old construction worker, but I love to tell people about the Lord. And, and God saw that, and he said, I can use you somewhere. And then he used scripture to call me, call me to preach, uh, 1 Thessalonians 2 and 4. But as, as uh, you are allowed by God to be put in trust with the gospel, even so you speak not as pleasing men, but God was tried the hearts. He said, I'm going to trust you with the greatest message that's, that the world's ever heard. What are you going to do with it? I remember telling the Lord, listen, Lord, I don't know about this preaching stuff. I can go be a missionary builder if you want me to. I don't know about this preaching stuff, but I'll do it on one condition. 
I'll show up, stand behind the pulpit, and you do it for me and through me. And I have found that that works. Because I know one thing, this old boy here, I stumble around the English language. I, I lose my track of my, I, I, I honestly, I use the notes because if I don't, I'll, I'll, I'll lose track of my mind. Dad probably gave him, my, my father, um, uh, we came up this, this weekend to be with him. Uh, but he gave me probably one of the greatest descriptions of my brain that I've had, I don't know, in a long time. He says, Mike, he said, well, he was talking about his brain, but like father, like son, right? He says, I feel like my brain is an etch-a-sketch. <laughs> Get something written in there, and wrote, written in there, and you go like this a little bit, and it's all gone. I, I can't remember. Well, that's because we shook it up, and it's gone. But yet, it's amazing the things that we've learned. According to my scripture, he says he'll bring them back to me when I need them. Amen. Yeah. I gotta rely on him for all that stuff. Cause I, mercy. But the the choice to be righteous, and if you're in church tonight, I I've, I would assume that the majority of you have chosen a life that pleases God. So that means you've chosen a life that you want to present your life and your body uh, to the Lord in a righteous fashion. But the righteous are the ones that are granted a 24-7 access to the bank of wisdom. The righteous, that's what he said. Through prayer, and I thought this was kind of cool. Lord gave it to me, amen, I'll give him glory. Through prayer, they can swipe their debit card in God's ATM machine day or night and withdraw as much wisdom as they desire. It's enough to make a Presbyterian shout, and you all looking at me like you're hungry. <laughs> Sound too good to be true? Well, let's just bounce over to the familiar verse in James chapter number 1 and verse number 5. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally. It's the only time I like the word liberal. Amen. How about you? <clears throat> and upbraideth not. And it shall, it shall, mark it down. It's on its way. He's going to give it to you. But the password to get into your account that's laid up in heaven called wisdom that God put there, the password is faith. Because he says in verse number 6, but let him ask in faith. Not wavering. You know what God's looking for? God's looking for people to just believe that he can do what anything. That he can take the, the body of a, of a 90-year-old woman, Sarah, and, and, and turn that body back into a 25-year-old woman. Man, you talk about Abraham. When he come home and saw Sarah, hallelujah. I mean, could you imagine that? Been married to a, a woman all those years and watched her body grow and, and get older and, and deteriorate. And next thing you know, she's got the body of a young lady. Now, that's possible. Maybe not. Either way, um, nothing's too hard for God. Nothing. And if God can do that for Abraham and they can have a child and, and uh, you, you know the women were like, whoa, what is this lady doing with a child? She's 90-some years old. Uh, and I'm sure she didn't say, well, yeah, it was all me. <laughs> to God be the glory, great things he hath done. But I, I do want to direct your attention to a minute, just for a minute tonight, for the word righteous. Um, since it's laid up for righteous, it's those who choose to walk with the Lord. They'll use that knowledge in here correctly. And I, I, sometimes, I'll tell you, sometimes Christians use their knowledge in a fashion that's not appealing to the Lord. 
I mean, in, in an arrogant fashion to, to know that we're saved and we're going to heaven and it really doesn't matter about you? Well, I don't think that's a good, good idea. I mean, it's, it's not a good plan. We need to be concerned about, about the others. But now here's the beauty of about the righteous. In Romans 10.10, 10, the Bible says, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. So it's a desire to be righteousness. And because we believe the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, we're going towards something righteous. We have a desire to be something we're not. That's repentance, by the way. Um, we have a desire to be some, become something we're not. And when we believe the gospel, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and ask Him to come into our heart to be our Savior, God gives us the righteousness of Christ. I'm glad when God sees me, He does not see my righteousness. As a matter of fact, my Bible says my righteousness is as filthy rags. But God gives us the righteousness of Christ. Born-again Christians receive the righteousness uh, of Christ, and when God looks on us, He sees Him. Boy, am I glad for that. Amen. So, with the simple information provided tonight about wisdom, about the principal thing, knowing that wisdom is the principal thing, knowing that it's 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 for the righteous, and I'm sure there's a lot of people in here that fit those categories. My question to you is tonight: Why not ask? What would stop you from beginning to ask God some things? Why not ask Him for wisdom? He may change your career direction. He may change your physical location. I, I've heard of men, uh, Brother Herman, in their, uh, in their older age, they had their retirement all set, uh, got tired of hunting and fishing, sold everything they had, and moved to a foreign field just to be a helper for a missionary. Had, a, had plenty of retirement, didn't have to go raise funds, just decided, look, I've given all majority of my life to, uh, 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 to just, and, and we all have to survive, we all have to eat. Really, everybody in the world is just trying to scratch out their place in the world where they can have a place to sleep, a place to eat, <clears throat> something to eat, and a family and friends. But why not ask God for wisdom for your, for your life? Young people, you ought to ask God for wisdom for your life <laughs> from this day forward. Why not ask him for guidance? If you ask him for guidance, you're going to have to begin to search for gold nuggets. And what a mine this is. <laughs> you can find gold nuggets on almost every page. Amen. Amen. And then why not ask him for souls? I'm sure I've told my story about Harvey Tribble, the old mountain man preacher down in the hills of West Virginia, blind, probably could quote and memorized more scripture than most Christians read in a year. Many Christians read in a year. And Brother Harvey would teach me. He would teach me. I went through a lot of discouragements in ministry. I'll just be honest with you. It seemed like when I first came into the ministry, I thought men of God walked on water. Then I got to know some of them. <laughs> and I don't mean that bad, but I just want you all to know tonight, church, that men of God are men. We are not anything different than men. And if you're not praying for your pastor that God would keep him from temptation and deliver him from evil, you need to start. Because we're all susceptible to that devil, but I'm glad I got a buckler and his name is God and he'll fight him off for us. <clears throat> and old Harvey would say, Brother Van Horn, he said years ago, an old preacher come by and he challenged me. He said, when's the last time you asked God for a soul? 
He said, have you ever asked God to let you win one soul to Christ this year? He said, have you ever asked God to let you win five or maybe ten? He said, why don't you get your own number? And he said, that, that, that evangelist challenged me. And he said, I wrestled with the Lord for three months. And old Harvey would always tell me, he said, Brother Van Orn, he woke me up about three o'clock in the morning. And he said, I've been asking for 999 million souls for the glory of God. And you can double it if you like, and I'll thank you for any more. Been praying for it for over 40 years. I know. Man, that's a lot of souls. How in the world can you get that many souls? Well, now, wait a minute. If he can take a 90-year-old woman and put a baby in her stomach, if he can walk on the water, if he can hang on a cross and look over at a dying thief and say, today you'll be with me in paradise, what a one-way trip. And if he could come up out of that grave three days later, do you not think he could give Harvey Tribble 999 million souls? Well, Harvey's going to make it pretty easy because I went ahead and asked God for about... 1.3 billion. When I went into this ministry, it went up to 7.8 billion. And since there's now 8 billion souls on the planet Earth, I've increased my number. I want 8 billion souls to my account, to our account, church. Uh, and if the Lord would like to double that when He finally comes and gets us, that'll be okay with me. And if He wants to double it or add it some more, that's all okay. So Harvey's number is going to get far surpassed because he's the one that challenged me. Get you a number. Start however big you think God is. Because really, according to the size of your God, is going to determine what you ask from Him. Now unto Him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Can you grasp that? I mean, what do we literally think God could do for us? It's amazing. And he says he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above. Your troubles are no, no match for the God of heaven. Amen. No match. Cast them at his feet and leave them set. Amen. And go on for the glory of God. According to the power that worketh in us. I don't even want to touch his glory. If there's anything I've ever been able to accomplish, it's because of God working in us with that password of faith, withdrawing wisdom from the bank account that he laid up for us so we can do something magnificent for him because of him, for him, and through him. And it can be accomplished. And to him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages. World without end. Amen. Well, if you're looking to open account in the Bank of Wisdom located on Knowledge Avenue in heaven, the way you have to do it is by being born again. That's it. Have to realize you're a sinner. Realize sin is ugly. Matter of fact, my Bible says that godly sorrow worketh repentance. Uh, so I really believe, according to Scripture, that you have to be sorry for your sin and, and understand that what you've done is what sent Christ to the cross. And, and then you have to just simply say, Lord, I, I don't understand all of this. You don't have to be a Bible scholar to be born again. You have to realize Jesus is God. 
came to this earth through the virgin birth of Mary by faith, believing that he lived 33 and a half years sinless, didn't even have one bad thought, then would suffer and die on the cross of Calvary for your sins and mine. But hallelujah, three days later, up from the grave he arose. Amen. And then he just said, now it's up to you. Because if you'll believe that in your heart and confess it with your mouth, thou might be saved. No, 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 no. Thou shalt be saved. And then you just ask him. So you can ask him for wisdom. You can ask him for guidance. You can ask him for souls. But you won't get any of those until you ask him for salvation. So I'm quite sure that the majority of the folks in this room tonight are probably saved. But there could be a church member that thinks they're saved because they're a good person. Or there might be a young person or a teenager that's just said, I've just never done that. Well, tonight sure would be a good night. Amen? Tonight would be a great night. Well, I'm going to pray. Preacher, if you'll come and take care of the invitation, that would be wonderful. Um, The pastor will have an invitation as this church is their custom. An invitation is a time for you to take the... The, the message and do something with it. Maybe you just need to find yourself a, a place in the altar and ask the Lord for wisdom. Ask the Lord for direction or guidance or, or maybe you could begin to wrestle with God about a number. <laughs> of course, if you get a number, you're going to have to start working towards getting it. Amen? And He'll certainly help you. If you're not saved tonight, please don't leave this room without accepting Christ. Father, I certainly do love you tonight. And I thank you for the great liberty this evening of, uh, that is behind this pulpit, one of the easiest churches that I know of uh, to come and to preach. And Lord, I want to thank you for uh, using me tonight. Uh, if anything accomplished, it's for you. And thank you, Lord, for the people and the friends that came up to us and, and Lord, have spoken to us knowing uh, that they have prayed for our family and our ministry. And I pray this evening, Lord Jesus, as we'll uh, go back out through these double doors, out into that world, Father, that we will take the wisdom that you've given us in this Bible. We'll apply it to every, every aspect of our lives, Father. Forgiveness is a key aspect in this Bible. Maybe there's someone that needs to either forgive or be forgiven. Uh, Lord, whatever whatever the need is tonight, I know uh, that you're ready to be here. Thank you for being my buckler, my shield. Thank you for laying up in the storehouse of heaven enough wisdom to function and to carry on a worldwide ministry, Lord. And thank you for uh, friends and family around this room tonight, Lord. Again, I thank you for Calvary in Christ's name. Amen. Let's all stand.